today is Monday, November 20th, 2017, and it has now officially been over a year since I filed for divorce and we've been operating under temporary orders. And there have been a lot of updates in the last couple of weeks. One thing is I started my new job. So I left the university on November 3rd. That was my last day to work um, in MBA admissions and recruiting and as a college professor. And saying goodbye to my students was one of the hardest things I've had to do professionally. Um, I stood up in front of both of my classes and explained to them that due to a new policy in admissions, uh, people in my department would no longer be allowed to teach starting in the spring and that that had prompted um, my job search. Uh, I knew that I was going to be leaving in December and I told them that and I said, but I started looking for a job. Uh, really, really actively, and I told them, my students, that I got a job offer that I could not turn down and that it would not wait until the end of the semester. And um, their reaction was, of course, bittersweet. They understood completely. I told them that I was more than doubling my salary and that, you know, with the university taking away my, my ability to teach, uh, that that was just not feasible for me anymore. And um, they were also very sad that I was leaving. I got an outpouring of love and support from all of my students. I have 40 of them. And um, a couple of them cried. They got me a giant cookie. We had a little party. They gave me flowers. They gave me presents. They wrote me notes. Uh, it was incredible. They, they um, had it just gave me an outpouring of love and support. In fact, really surprised me. Um, every all the cards and well wishes I got. Um, I mean, you know, I know that they like me, and I know that I'm a good teacher, and um, the classes are going great. But you know, they're college kids, <laughs> and the. Um, Everything that they did just really surprised me. You know, they, they went out of their way to get some gifts and cards and, and stuff like that. And um, in my admissions department, my new boss, this is like, I don't know, my fifth boss there, had said to me, did I want a going away party or did I just want to go away quietly? And I said, no, no, quietly. It's very interesting. My new boss, who just started, what, a month and a half ago? Uh, put in her two-week notice uh, right after my um, announcement that I was leaving early. So this happened actually twice. Back in July, I resigned, and my boss, whose name was Jessica, resigned the same week. And then I resigned again, <laughs> uh, and my second new boss, also whose name was Jessica, resigned. So the brand new woman that they hired, who had only been um, my new boss for like a month and a half, resigned. So I don't even think she's there two months. Anyway, the department is dysfunctional and 
all of the high turnover uh, is definitely evidence of that. So anyway, I left my job at the university and started my new job on November 6th. And so far, I absolutely love it. I really love it. It is so challenging. I am on my toes. Uh, I have to be uh, mentally, I have to be with it every day. I've been getting eight hours of sleep every night. I've been drinking like hardly at all during the week. I mean, I might have a glass of wine with my dinner and that's it. I've been taking good care of myself because I, at this new job, I can't fake it. I, I have to be mentally with it. I have to be rested. I have to have all of my cognitive wits <laughs> about me. There's no faking it. Um, I, I work with very intelligent, very capable people and I have to learn a lot very quickly. All of our clients are in the financial technology space, and so my learning curve is enormous. I have never learned so much about blockchain. Actually, like a month ago, I had never even heard of blockchain. Well, actually, that's not true. I, I read a book recently for my book club called American Kingpin, and they talked about blockchain. But anyway, and over the last couple of weeks that I've been at my new job, I have had to get really smart on blockchain because that is what our clients deal in um, on a daily basis. So I'm loving my new job. Uh, I'm in a co-working space. So I'm in a small office with um, four other people. And that presents its own set of challenges, of course, to be in a small space with um, other people. But everyone is very respectful of the space. And there's areas you can go to to have a private conversation and meetings and so forth. Um, it takes me 30 minutes to get to work. The only bummer about that is I don't get to pick up my son from school anymore. I have picked up my son from school every almost almost every single day of his life that he's been in school. I can still take him to school every morning uh, because his school is on my way to the office. So I drop him off and then I go into work. But um, it's been sad to not be able to pick him up from school. Um, he doesn't seem to mind so much taking the bus and he's been a, he's been a good sport about it and I'm, I'm really glad, but you know, taking my kids to, to and from school every day, uh, I cherished every minute of that. And I did, I did that every day with love in my heart because I knew that those days were numbered. And the time I spend in the car with my son now is like, our only quality time. He doesn't really want to hang out with me much. You know, what 15-year-old wants to hang out with his mom? You know, probably not very many of them, but we spend time in the car together going to school, and I have to take him to the school's barn every evening to feed his animals for FFA, and so I really try to make the most of the time that we have together in the car. And he doesn't like to talk a whole lot. He's kind of quiet and, you know, he wants to listen to his music and ignore me like a normal teenager. But um, I'm acutely aware of how fast time passes and that he will be going off to college uh, in about two years. And I will be officially an empty nester. Aside from all that, things are suddenly moving along um, pretty quickly with Mike and my divorce. So after the big episode at my house where he told me to fuck off 
um, in front of our son. Um, I called my attorney the next day and I said, turn up the heat. Let's go. Let's get this done. I told her what happened. Uh, she was pretty shocked. She asked um, if my son was a witness to it. And I said, yes. And she said, you know, would he attest to that? And I said, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why he wouldn't. He would have to outwardly lie uh, if he asked if that happened. And, and he said, no, that would be an overt 100% lie. So anyway, um, my attorney wrote Mike's attorney a letter and said that Mike can no longer come over to my house unannounced. He cannot come over without gaining explicit permission from me. You know, that's gone on too long. Over the last four years, he has just come and gone anytime he wants to from my house without telling me. He never tells me when he's coming over. Um, he just shows up. Uh, he thinks that, you know, if he tells my son he's coming over, that that's all he needs to do. Well, my son doesn't tell me. You know, it's not it's not our child's responsibility to tell me that. So anyway, my attorney wrote his attorney a letter and said, you know, Mike's been coming over. He's causing a problem. He told me to fuck off in front of our son and that he um, can no longer come over without getting permission from me. And, and then she sent over new orders uh, new divorce orders that revise all of that and that say that he is officially enjoined from my property and I am enjoined from his. I've never had a key to his house, so it's never been an issue the other way around. And, um, and so we got some new orders in place and his attorney wrote a letter back that said that um, they wanted the custody expanded and they wanted our son to be able to decide when and where he stays. And we wrote back and said, no, we're not doing that, that we would agree to expanded visitation, which has always been, but I refuse to agree to let my son decide when and where he's going to go. Like if he just decided he wanted to go to his dad's, you know, during the week, I, you know, most of the time I'm agreeable to what my son wants to do, but he can't just decide to go over there at the peril of, you know, his own well-being. You know, he's got, his grades are slipping. He needs to spend more time doing homework. Um, Mike needs to get those guns secured. Mike has guns and ammunition um, all over his house. It's really gross. But anyway, so we've been firing back and forth and working on some new orders. And then my attorney sent his attorney, which has ended up with Mike, uh, a discovery order. And rather than rely on Mike to provide an inventory, my attorney uh, told me the best thing to do would be to send Mike a full-blown, full-on discovery, which will require um, an appraiser to come over to Mike's house and appraise the property and the assets because Mike has a lot of stuff. He has a lot of tools, a lot of equipment, cars, um, machinery, all kinds of stuff. And my attorney's afraid that uh, Mike will not value them properly or he'll hide them or whatever. She doesn't think that he'll be honest on his inventory and discovery. And frankly, I don't think he'll be honest either. He's proven that. He's proven 
that he's a liar. He's told my kids to lie to me. I know that he already hides things from me. I'm especially concerned about the stock because Mike has been granted a lot of stock over the years and oftentimes companies will give stock in lieu of bonuses and that kind of thing and those are the stock that's been granted is considered to be community property and so that all has to be disclosed and so anyway she sent him this and Mike is not happy about it the reason I know that is um, I asked our daughter to pick up a pie from the local pie shop near Mike's house so that we could have it on Thanksgiving which is this Thursday and Mike and I traded some text messages and he said I'll get the pie and I'll include it with everything else in the discovery so he was making kind of a, a dig at me about including the pie in the discovery which is totally ridiculous and I did not reply to his stupid text message it, it's really been eye-opening to me what a what a juvenile ass Mike can be he really can be you know for for somebody who's at his level you know professionally and somebody that's his age sometimes the way he acts is um, just really gross you know he's he's very irresponsible he doesn't tell the truth He's emotionally stunted. I, I'm going to just say that. He's really an emotionally stunted person. Um, he's incapable of having conversations that extend much beyond the weather. You know, and I look back and I'm like, wow, I I guess I'm, I'm surprised I married him. I, I guess I'm really surprised I married him. He's, he's so introverted and so judgmental and... Um, just so juvenile sometimes it's, it's just in, really incredible and, and he and I are very different and I'm sure he has plenty to say about me that he thinks is bad but whatever nobody is nobody is perfect but you know I spent all of our marriage trying to get him to stop making it about him and the kids against me it was always the big bad mom the, the mom wants you to stop playing video games and go do your homework. Oh, mom says it's time for you to stop playing and go get in the bathtub. Or mom says you can't do this or that. You know, it was always good cop, bad cop. And I was always the bad cop. And you know, that that has really hurt my relationship with my children. And, and I don't even think my children realize, they don't even realize it. But they've, they've grown up with that. And um, it's really a bummer. It's really a bummer. And I see Mike and his brothers uh, treating his mother that way. So this is just this is just more of the same. This is just definitely more of the same. But uh, I look back and I say, wow, I, I can't believe I married. I can't believe I married that person. It was a mistake. And, and Mike probably feels the same way. He probably feels the same way. It didn't take long for me to realize that. And I hung in there. I hung in there as long as I could, and Mike probably feels the same way, but I tried for a long time to change things and to try to make them better in my marriage. I tried to, I tried to help Mike see how unhappy I was, and I tried to do things to make things better. 
I, I tried to get him to go to a marriage counselor. I tried very hard to schedule wonderful vacations. I tried to make nice dinners. I tried to be a good wife. I really did. And in the end, I never felt appreciated for the things that I did. And, and Mike would say the same. He has said the same. He would say that I never appreciated him. In fact, you know, near the end, he said, you know, I'm just a paycheck to you. I'm just a paycheck. And that's probably true. We had come to that. And I told him, you know, well, I'm just your housekeeper and the caregiver for your children. You know, we just stopped appreciating each other and stopped doing anything together and, and grew apart. That's really what happened. And the way he's been acting since the separation and all this has happened is really, it's really been awful. And, and I'm going to say I have done my very best since our separation to be accommodating, to keep the temperature turned down low, to not fight, to not argue, to get along, to do everything that the family wants us to do. I, 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 feel, I believe that in my heart. That's, that is what I have done. And he has been grumpy, he's been mad, he's been irritable, he's been unaccommodating, he's been condescending, argumentative, combative, and abusive. And this is my position. This is my opinion, and I'm entitled to it. And um, I can point to many occasions where he has been the cause of many of our fights. <coughs> and I can... I can honestly say I did my best to keep keep the temperature low. And I think that he has turned the kids against me. They don't respect me. They don't, um, they don't, my daughter really doesn't want to be very close to me. Um, Mike has taught them that he is the more valuable one because of his salary, because he has the money. Like, for example, today, I sent my daughter a text message and I asked her if she was coming tomorrow night. And she said, yes, she's, she's coming and she's going to stay out at her dad's because he's on the farm. And I said, great. I said, would you mind running by the Texan Cafe, which is a pie shop right by Mike's house? I said, would you please, because uh, you're off school Wednesday and because I work, would you please run by the pie shop? And pick up a cherry pie for me and your brother for Thanksgiving. I'll pay you back. Um, my son and I don't really like pecan pie. And, I, you know, we don't love pumpkin pie. So I just asked Tori if she would please run by the pie shop and grab a cherry pie. I rarely ask her to do anything. In fact, I can't remember the last time I asked her to do anything for me. I really cannot recall it. And she said, well, I'll talk to dad about the plan. That was her reply. Not, sure, mom, happy to get a pie. Or, no problem. Or, you know, okay, I'll, I'll try to make time to do that. That, that. Her reply to my request was, I'll talk to dad about the plan. And I, I say to myself, is that what I raised? Is that what I've raised? Somebody so spoiled and so self-centered and so unwilling to meet my very small request. Will you please pick up a pie, which that I will pay you back for. 
the fact that she just doesn't say yes is really shocking to me. You know, like, what is her problem? What, why, what is she holding against me? You know, and I didn't say this to her, but I'm thinking, you know, last Friday I paid your tuition, which was $2,600. Her tuition is $2,600 a month. I wanted to say, you know, I just paid your, your tuition, which was $2,600 a month. Oh, and your truck payment, which was $750. Uh, do you think you could go pick up a goddamn pie? That's all I need you to do. But I didn't say that. I said, okay, no problem. Just let me know if you make it. If you don't, I'll get one at the grocery store. Which, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have been so nice. But I'm just I'm just trying to get along. I'm trying to be nice. My therapist says I need to build up some credit with her and and not cause anxiety and not be a problem, but I don't I don't get it. I don't get the ungratefulness. And you know, I she's she's changed since she's gone off to college. And I think she's under a lot of stress. I think she's under a tremendous amount of stress. I, I saw her last Sunday for a few minutes when she was in town. And her face is covered in severe acne. Which, you know, proves to me that she's got terrible stress. Uh, but she was in town last Sunday. And uh, she didn't want to do anything. She didn't want to spend any time together. I had to go to the barn to visit with her and talk to her while she was helping her brother uh, wash the lambs and get them ready for the livestock show. But she really wouldn't make time for me. And that breaks my heart. It makes me really sad. She's pulling away and she's obviously angry with me and has a problem and uh, doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to work on it, doesn't want to be close. Uh, and I do want to be close. I love her very much. And I do nice things for her all the time. I mailed her some stuff last week. She forgot her shorts. I mailed them to her. I mailed her a little pair of knee-high socks that were cute with cats and goldfish on them. Um, I mailed her a Thanksgiving card. You know, I just, I do nice things. I'm trying not to be part of her stress and anxiety. But um, she's just pulling away. And I'm, I'm trying to have compassion. I'm trying to react in a loving way. But it's very hard. It's very hard. When I ask her to do one little favor and she won't do it, I think she's... I just think she's being selfish or... I don't know. Inappropriate. But that's the big update uh, for now. <laughs>